Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 35 on this Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. I'm your host, William Galloway, and I'm thankful that you've chosen to listen to the Galloway Podcast as another source for your sports news information, discussion topics, etc., etc. I've got a great podcast for you on tap today, talking with Crimson Tide Sports Network color analyst for the Alabama men's basketball team, Brian Passink. We're going to talk to Brian about Alabama basketball, where we are as we approach the middle of February, and just kind of the status of the team and kind of what's going on amidst this crazy season and and everything that's gone on with the Alabama basketball team. So we're talking with Brian. We're going to go around the wide world of sports, talk about XFL, NBA trade deadlines, what's going on in college basketball. It's madness, but it's not even March yet, folks. Lastly, we're going to finish up with a little Alabama Athletics recap. Look around the capstone here in Tuscaloosa at some of the sports that are kicking off, that are going on, and kind of what's uh, on the calendar in the next couple weeks for Alabama Athletics. So I'm thankful you've chosen to listen to the Galloway Podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Be sure to tweet me at WM underscore Galloway. Follow me and let me know where you're listening from. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. This is the Galloway Podcast, and we are going to go ahead and roll into episode 35. So we're going to start with what's new. Well, how about the XFL? The XFL is new, and it kicked off this weekend. And what better way to start the XFL than a non-offensive touchdown from none other than a former Alabama football player? Bradley Silve had a pick six for the D.C. defenders, and it was The first defensive touchdown of the XFL season, and it's only fitting, as I said, that it comes from an Alabama player, former Alabama player. Uh, He plays for the D.C. Defenders, and I want to know you guys' thoughts on what you think about the NFL, excuse me, the XFL, because it kicked off this weekend, Saturday and Sunday games. It's going to have some occasional Thursday games. Uh, There's a lot of different factors in this league when you take into account semi-professional slash professional football, whatever you want to call it, however you want to classify it. Um, There's just a lot of new elements in terms of the the kickoff formations, and it's great for the viewer because you get to – literally listen in to the players and they have interviews on the sidelines right after big plays and you hear the coaches um in game live as they're talking call plays and things like that i just think it's fascinating and who doesn't love football year round you get football in february you get football in march you get football in april so tweet me and let me know what you think about the xfl because it was really enticing to watch um and as i mentioned bradley self with a great play to kick off the season another bama guy there in the xfl so big play from him and overall i give it a i give it a eight and a half out of ten first weekend it was it was very solid so i'd give it an eight and a half out of ten um also what's new in the world of sports the nba trade deadline was five days ago i don't think wadge had a meal that day at all if you followed his twitter timeline i mean he was just popping off and breaking news, as he always does, you know, this that trade deadline being just a couple days ago is a huge day for him. And then obviously the whole summer months, he's crazy busy. Um, really is busy year round, but that was just a huge day in the NBA. A lot of trades. Uh, one notably that stood out to me, the Grizzlies dominated the Heat, and there was a six player trade between the two teams. And I think the Grizz- the Grizzlies just absolutely smothered the heat in that trade 
I mean, six guys and, you know, involve Andre Iguodala and all the drama that was there with Memphis and everything and pull in Ja Morant and the way that they were interacting, not liking being teammates, however you want to approach that situation. That was that was pretty dramatic. And then obviously adding even more drama to make a six-player trade between two teams, that's very significant, especially in the middle of the season. Visit the NBA website to see all the players and team transactions that took place just a couple days ago. We had Say on the hardwood, headed to the college game. There was a big, 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 big weekend in college basketball. The Duke UNC game. Did y'all see that? I did. I mean, holy smokes. You talk about a great college basketball game. That ending in regulation, the ending in overtime, just absolutely nuts. So much fun to watch. Really, I'm not a Duke guy. I'm not a UNC guy. But to not have a dog in the fight and to watch that and enjoy it purely from a basketball perspective was just a beautiful thing. How about that stat, too? In their last 100 meetings, they had split in wins and points. They both had 50 wins against each other, and they both had scored 7,746 points against each other. So that was it was only fitting to me that the game go to overtime and then one team win, which was Duke, 98-96, by the, the slightest margin. Um, I just thought that was a great storyline in college basketball from this weekend. Also, you go to the SEC and Vandy beat LSU in Nashville last week. LSU was number one in the league at the time. Vandy hadn't won a conference game, and I think it was 26, maybe 28 games, and beat LSU 99-90 to at their home in Memorial Coliseum, Memorial Gymnasium. That was a fun one to keep up with because it was the best versus the worst team, and... Vanderbilt got the best of LSU, which was nobody that doesn't wear black and gold was going to predict that. So that was crazy to keep up with. Also last week, Butler had a buzzer beater three over Villanova at home. That was wild. And then on Saturday, there was I think it was a single day season record of games that went into overtime in SEC play. Alabama uh, was one of those games going on the road, picking up a big win at Georgia. Um, obviously in overtime, finishing with 105 points. We're going to talk with Brian Passink about that now. So let's bring in Brian here on the Galloway Podcast. Joining the Galloway Podcast now is Brian Passink, the color analyst for the Crimson Tide Sports Network for Alabama men's basketball. Brian, how are you today? Doing great, William. I appreciate you having me on again. Absolutely. Well, we're in the midst in the busy season of Alabama basketball, uh, right in the heart of conference play, the Crimson Tide at 13-10 and 10 overall, 5-5 five and five in the SEC. And this week is undoubtedly the biggest week of the season um, with against number 15th ranked in the net, Auburn, uh, on the road Wednesday, and then versus number 27th ranked in the net, LSU at home on Saturday. So how did Nate Oates and Alabama go 1-0 and two times this week? Yeah, that's the plan. It, it's a big week, and it's a tough week uh, to play the, two of the teams that, that lead the SEC right now in what I think is the deep, deepest conference in college basketball. Uh, these are, are we're going to be tough games if this team was healthy, uh, but because of the injury situation, it makes it a little more difficult. The good news is you're coming off a road win in uh, an exciting overtime game, a close game that uh, could have gone either way. Uh, late in regulation or especially in overtime. So I think this team comes in 
uh, having, having won that game without her feeling good about itself and feeling confident. And this is also an Auburn team on Wednesday night that, that you played one of your best games of the season against. So hopefully that'll give this team some confidence going in to one of the toughest uh, road environments in the SEC. Undoubtedly, the jungle has established itself as really like a trademark of the SEC and um, tough place to play. And you add in Alabama and it's just, you know, you know everything's multiplied by 10. Um, Brian Auburn, I think, is leading the league in rebounding and Austin Wiley uh, played has been playing well. He had he was one of three double digit scores against Alabama last game. So without Herb Jones, how does Alabama limit big guys like Austin Wiley and what does Alabama have to do specifically for Auburn to succeed Wednesday night? Well, I think you, you have to defend and rebound. I agree with you that that's such an important thing for this Alabama team. And they've had moments in games this year where they've been great rebounding the ball. And, and when they have, it's been the guards. You know, we've seen John Petty lead the team in rebounding. Kyra for a point guard and, and a player his size has done a great job of rebounding. And, uh, the, you know, Herb Jones, obviously, uh, when he's available, can do everything on the floor. So uh, he'll be missed. Hopefully he'll be back very soon. Uh, he's continuing to uh, progress from the wrist surgery and uh, the injury sustained early in the LSU game. Uh, but that loss will, will obviously hurt. And when he comes back, it, it'll be interesting to see how he develops and how he um, integrates himself back into the team because it's a left wrist injury. He's a left-handed player, so that could uh, take some time on the court for him to get back to the form we're used to seeing. Uh, but against Auburn, I agree, rebounding defense and taking care of the ball uh, it's always important uh, to take care of the ball on the road, but especially the way Auburn plays. And it, it gets their crowd into it when they create turnovers, get uh, easy baskets off of those turnovers. So uh, turnovers has a, been a point of emphasis for Nate Oates uh, and his staff all year long. Uh, they, they've had some stretches where they've been better about taking care of the ball, but I think all in all, uh, that's been an area of struggle for this team. And if you want to go on the road and win, a game against a rival in a tough environment, top 20 team, you have to take care of the ball. I don't see really a way that Alabama could have a lot of success in Auburn uh, if the guards especially don't do a good job of taking care of it. Absolutely. Auburn is a team that's had a lot of success this year. They didn't have a lot of success in Tuscaloosa back in January when Alabama won by 19. That was just a wild game. Uh, Pretty lopsided the entire time, but Herbert Jones had 14 points and 12 rebounds in 31 minutes. So as you mentioned, Alabama's got to fill that void um, against a a team like Auburn that's turned it around. Brian, when you look at Ken Palm's stats, and you and I are both – stats and numbers guys we tweet out stuff before games the the luck stat that that ken palm tweets out auburn is currently number one in the country alabama is 327 329 out of 353 what is your what is your message to people in in analyzing that and um how auburn's been able to have success despite being down double digits so many times this year yeah first of all let me say this. Auburn is really good. They've got really good players. They're well-coached. Uh, all that is true. But with that being said, how on-brand is it for Auburn to be number one in the country in, in the luck stat? I oh. mean, that's just, to me, that's that's hilarious. Uh, but I'll say this about that luck stat. I, I do think 
Uh, and I think any coach would tell you that you create your own luck, but I just I think that's kind of funny, uh, personally, with the history uh, in athletics. <laughs> Between Alabama and Auburn. Alabama and Auburn. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that is that is so not a surprise. Very, but, very on uh, brand, yeah. Very, very much. Uh, but to their credit, uh, and I think when you look at the teams that lead the SEC – they win close games and they're able to make plays. I don't think that's necessarily luck. I, I think when you when you talk about luck, I, I think there's some things uh, that are true luck, uh, one way or the other, good luck or bad luck, that aren't in those Ken Tom's luck stats. Uh, but, you know, they don't take into consideration did the NCAA give a guy a waiver that deserved it? Uh, that's not a part of their equation. Right, right. You know, did a couple of guys uh, tear ACLs in the preseason and, and that happen to play the same position. Uh, that's not a part of it. In which case, offense. Alabama so, might be 353 out of 353 if that was a factor. If, if those things were a factor, um, Alabama would be dead last. There's no question about it. <laughs> I've never seen a team uh, that has had worse luck uh, in, in, in the, from an injury standpoint, from a position standpoint. Uh, th- these are things that happen. Um, injuries happen. It's part of sports. It's part of basketball. Um, you know, and, and these are all injuries that have been hustle plays or not ever, they, none of them are anything that you would say, well, you shouldn't have done that. That's how you, you coach your team and you encourage your team and fans want their guys to play, you know, like Herb Jones, uh, going up high to try to block a shot against Penn. He comes down and hyperextends. Uh, his elbow. That's a play that you would never tell him, don't do that. You want him to do that. Right. Just an unfortunate fall and, and coming into the stands and the awkward fall. Those things happen. Um, you know, the, the injuries to uh, Beetle Bolden's wrist. Um, you know, he got sick. You know, it's just things that, that happen as part of it. It's just amazing to me that they've all happened in the same year to the same team. Yeah, Alex, Alex Reese. Play the same position. Alex Reese's hip, who Alabama's relied on Alex Reese. In every game this year, and I don't know, you know, I'm not Clark Holter, but I don't know if his hip has been 100% for for X amount of time for maybe the whole season. Who knows? Um, yeah. but you know, and, and I'll say this about the Alabama training staff. Um, they have been unbelievable in getting guys back. Um, you know, Herb Jones came back quickly from a nasty elbow injury, um, you know, You've got Alex Reese, as you mentioned. He he hurt his foot uh, pretty bad in the Bahamas, and they were able to, to get him back much quicker than most. Uh, his hip has been bothering him. He's been he's been really effective. Alex has, despite uh, those injuries, and other guys have have had some uh, things uh, wrong and, and injuries that have happened. That those guys have come back from it, and hopefully that'll be the case with Herb. So. Uh, the training staff at Alabama is the best there is. Um, there's a reason why the greatest athletes in the world uh, come to the sports medicine that Alabama has access to and these guys are seeing. Uh, so, you know, that's, that is not only uh, not a problem, that is such an advantage when you go through uh, some of the bad luck from an injury standpoint uh, that Alabama's gone through. So hopefully uh, we'll see uh, those luck numbers turn around. Uh, as far as the injuries go, but uh, late game situations uh, are are part of that Kempom luck stat. As, as we started talking about the that that particular stat, and Auburn's been great in late games. LSU has been great. 
Uh, Alabama struggled in close games and, and not been able to finish, finish out halves, not been able to finish out games the way that they would like. And that's why the overtime in Athens, I think, was such an encouragement and should be for Alabama fans because Alabama um, it was in a situation that they felt probably felt like you didn't want to go into overtime. Uh, Georgia was the team that was probably excited to be in overtime. Alabama wasn't. But Bama was dominant defensively in that that five minutes in overtime and got a much-needed win in a sellout environment, tough crowd on the road, maybe the best player from an NBA standpoint in college basketball and Anthony Edwards. And to win that game, I think, is so important for this team moving forward. I agree. And, Brian, you hit a lot of points there, and I want to – Kind of, kind of harp on some of them. Looking at Alabama's uh, lineup and rotation, you got nine scholarship guys available. So you talk about the depth. Something like, as you mentioned, you've just never seen uh, injury and suspension things. When you add up everything, you've just never seen something like this. Four guys on Alabama's roster right now average 27 minutes or more. So it's almost a fourth, a four-man rotation, and then you have rotating bigs. Uh, the that to me is just remarkable because Alabama's not playing they're playing five on five but they're relying on four guys heavily and normally if you'd rely on four guys you have 13 scholarship players so there's nine other guys but in this situation none of those guys have significant minutes and another point you made um you talked about LSU I'm going to ask you about LSU in a second but the ebbs and flows of the Crimson Tide this season being up big being down and being able to climb back into the game think about Kentucky Alabama you know bringing themselves back within three after being down by 15 um what would your message and then I'm going to ask you about LSU after this but what would your message be to fans who are disappointed in this season on how the Crimson Tide have come up short and should have won because arguably Alabama could be seven and three or eight and two in conference play yeah, you know, most of the, the Alabama fans that I've talked to are really excited about this program under Nate Oates. I, I would say um, it is the far, far majority of people that are, are excited. Yeah, th- those close losses, disappointment with those particular games, but big picture, there's an excitement around this program uh, that there hasn't been in a while, and it's because of the way this team is playing and the style of play and the, and the person, the coach that Nate Oates is. And I think you can project out what this program is going to be about for the next several years. And not only do you see a lot of wins in, in the future, and, and, and I would predict NCAA tournaments in, in the very near future, hopefully this year, but um, if not, you know, this is a, this is a program that I think under Nate Oates will be a consistent NCAA tournament team. But it's something in this I think the fan base is really excited about the way that this team is playing, the effort, the hard hat, blue collar mentality, along with one of the fastest pace offenses in the country. Number, I think we're three, uh, three fluctuate between uh, three and five in tempo nationally. You're doing that with no depth. Once you get guys healthy, her back, some of these guys back from injury, Javon Quinterly sitting over there, a former five-star recruit, McDonald's All-American, he's going to fit in perfectly into the system. I think people can watch what they're seeing on the court and see where this program's going. And it's a, there's a lot of excitement because of the style, because of what's coming in the near future, uh, the winning style of play. Uh, there's an excitement level around this program, and, and you can count me in 
on that. I, I'm really excited about where this program is going. I think this team could be really good this year uh, once some guys come back. Hopefully you can weather the storm and win another game or two uh, with without Herb. Uh, but hopefully Herb comes back pretty, pretty soon and you can start playing the way this team was when you beat Auburn by 19 at home. You had an eight-game stretch where Alabama was playing at a high level. Even the losses, you felt like, okay, didn't shoot the ball well. The opponent got hot from the three, three-point line, and, and you just came up short. Uh, this team was playing at such a high level, you felt like they were heading toward an NCAA tournament before these injuries hit. And there's no reason they can't get back to that level once some guys get back healthy. I agree. It's it's. One thing I was big on in early January was just the way that Alabama was trending throughout the month of December, how they just climbed and climbed and climbed, and even the loss at Florida. Um, and it's not like Alabama didn't bottom out in any capacity. It's just an unfortunate you know, streak of injuries and, and um, a tough, tough stretch of games in the SEC. But you mentioned the blue-collar mentality and the toughness, and one thing that Nate Oates is, is – obviously passionate about is that toughness and he's quick to call out his guys uh and holding them accountable when they're not playing tough you know he'll tell the media after the game well yeah we just we just weren't tough that's not you know we didn't do what we say we want to do he said earlier in the season he didn't want to be associated with a fake team uh and in one game Alabama just wasn't very tough was LSU and LSU comes back to town uh on Saturday Brian, I want to ask you about Saturday's game because they've got some dudes in Trendon Watford and Emmett Williams and Skylar Mays. Um, what do you see in LSU uh, and, and coming off whatever happens Wednesday in Auburn, how does Alabama need to respond regardless of the situation in Auburn f- and get ready for LSU on Saturday and what's going to be the biggest home game of the year? Yeah, huge, huge home game. And I think you could make the argument that that's the game of the year. Um, you know, if Alabama could go on the road and beat Auburn, uh, that would be enormous. Uh, but Saturday, coming back home against a, another team that is tied for the lead in the SEC, uh, can really set the tone for the remainder of the season. And, and whether this team is an NCAA tournament team or an NIT team, you know, that I think as we talked about during that eight-game stretch where Alabama was healthier. And playing at a high level, they they were trending towards being a tournament team, uh, but because of some of the losses sustained earlier in the year, uh, and then now you know the the Arkansas and Tennessee game hurts you. You really don't have a ton of room for error, and you got to win some games, and you got to win some big games, and you fortunately had that opportunity at home, uh, starting against LSU on Saturday, and and LSU is is tough they rebound the ball on both ends at a high level they have athletes uh scholar mays is a winner makes big shots you mentioned a, a guy that both of us know well you know better than me training watford from from mountain brook is a terrific player one of the best freshmen in college basketball uh so that's going to be a, a big game and you know not sure what the status of herb jones would be in that game but boy it would be nice uh, to have maybe the best defender most versatile de- defender in college basketball back but uh not not sure that's going to be the case but regardless i would expect uh 15,000 strong for that game it's going to be a a big weekend in Tuscaloosa honoring Wendell Hudson, who's going to have his jersey retired and a ceremony at halftime to, to honor uh, one of the, the legends of our state uh, and certainly the Alabama basketball program. 
on that game uh, during that game. So uh, there's going to be a, a buzz around uh, the Bama LSU game. We anticipated that before the year, but I think even more so uh, because of the situation coming this weekend. I agree. It's going to be a great, great game. And you mentioned Wendell Hudson. That's obviously going to be a special ceremony. The first number retired, uh, I believe, in, in all of Alabama athletics. Uh, a guy who who really paved the way and just had a, a monumental impact on this university and specifically the athletic department. Brian, I want to ask you a uh, couple, couple more questions here looking at the schedule for the rest of the year. Alabama's got eight regular season games. Uh, I want to... I want to ask you to put a finger on a number that Alabama needs to reach in the win column in terms of the eight games left and then uh, X amount of tournament games. How many more games do you think Alabama needs to make a statement uh, to, for their resume to be good enough to get into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it obviously you know, depends a lot with some of the other quote-unquote bubble teams do. Um, you know, I've always thought that if, if Alabama could get to over 500 in the SEC, so uh, 10 conference wins. I think you are very much in, in the conversation, and because of the strength of schedule, and then also when the committee dives into Alabama's resume uh, and and how they played with the team that they have going into postseason, I think that'll be uh, taken into consideration. And this is a team uh, with Herb Jones and Beetle Bolden. Uh, and the rest of the guys, assuming everybody uh, stays stays healthy, with with uh, you know, is a big if uh, with the way this season has gone. Uh, but I think you know, you look at this Alabama team. Uh, this certainly looks like an NCAA tournament team when they were healthy. But uh, got to win games. Got to got to win some big ones coming up. Uh, so you know, I, I think if if you can uh, get hurt back, finish the year strong, and I believe they will. Uh, there's no reason to think they wouldn't. Uh, this team will have a great chance for postseason. Hopefully, that's in the NCAA tournament. But also, I think with the, the way that the the SEC is set up this year, it's one of the deepest leagues uh, in the in the country. I mean, you take a team like Vanderbilt, uh, who is at the bottom of the league. They haven't won a conference game in two years. Uh, at 0 and 8, beats 8 and 0. I mean, that just doesn't happen in other leagues. And you look at some of the teams at the bottom are projected bottom of the SEC, and they're capable of beating anybody, uh, especially at home. And so I think this league uh, has some really, really good teams. I'm not sure they have a great team. Uh, and the teams in the middle, if they get rolling, if they start playing at a higher level, uh, there's just not a big separation uh, between the top of the league and, and the middle of the league. I would say right now, uh, Alabama's in the middle of middle of the league with a chance to get to the top when they're healthy, and so when you go to Nashville, I think a team like Alabama could win it. And you think, okay, Brian's a homer, which is true, by the way. I am a homer, but I've <laughs> never said before this year. I, I don't ever remember saying. I think Alabama, if they're playing well, can go to Nashville and win the tournament. I've said, hey, you never know. Somebody, can get. I'm saying Alabama specifically could win the SEC tournament if they're healthy, if Herb Jones gets back to the level that he was playing at when his elbow healed. He was starting to make some mid-range jump shots, some floaters. Uh, his offense was catching up to his defense. He does everything else well. 
uh, if that Herb Jones is back and everybody else is healthy and they continue to progress, uh, I think this Alabama team should be very confident going into Nashville and feel as confident as anybody that they could win that tournament and get to the NCAA uh, via a tournament championship. It hasn't been done in a long, long time, uh, but I think this team could do it. Uh, if they're healthy, and, and we'll see how that plays out, but wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the mentality could be, why not us, why not now, especially when you get her back and uh, various various factors as well. Brian, when you, we look at the, the next level, guys like Dante Hall, Levi Randolph, and of course Colin Sexton on the Cavs are all really playing just great basketball right now. I want to ask you as we close up things here, what are your thoughts on guys at the next level right now? Colin Sexton uh, was named a rising star just a couple hours ago. Uh, Dante Hall in the Eastern Conference midseason all-G-League team. Talk about Bama at the next level um, and what you've seen in those guys in these past couple months. Well, first of all, Colin Sexton uh, deserved to be uh, in that Rising Stars game, and, and glad to see they finally put him in. Uh, and the only reason they didn't is because the Cavs have really struggled uh, the last couple years and, and this year. But Colin has been the player we all thought he would be. Uh, I'd love to see him on a winner. I'd love to see that be the Cavaliers. Uh, but he doesn't have a, a ton around him um, as compared to some of the better teams in the NBA. But uh, he is absolutely a Rising Star and very deserving of that honor and, and looking forward to watching him play in that game. Uh, and, and Dante Hall and Levi Randolph are, are future NBA players. I know, uh, I know, uh, Levi has, has gotten at least, you know, a little time, very minimal, but in, in you know, in, in at least a game or so, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, you know, the other night he goes for 47 points, uh, just a dominant performance. Uh, he, he is getting better and better. Uh, I see Levi every summer in Tuscaloosa, and he is just the epitome of what a professional is. He, he goes to work. Uh, he is focused in on his craft of being the best he could be. He has the goal of being an NBA player, and I have no doubt uh, he will be that because of the work that he's put in uh, and the person he is. Uh, So that's going to happen for Levi. He is well on his way. Uh, And then Dante to be named G League All-Star in his first year. Um, You know, he is someone that has NBA potential. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he's in the NBA very soon as well. Um, All three of those guys are are on, on, you know, especially the the two that aren't quite in the NBA yet are very much on the radar screen and they're going to get a shot at the NBA very soon. And then Colin, um, I think is a breakout star waiting to happen. And we're seeing it right now. It'll be really exciting to see what they do and watching this Alabama team, especially with this depth. I I wish, uh, Dante Hall could have had an extra or 15 like Riley Norris did extra year to play because man, Alabama could use, use a little bit of help, but uh, all the best to those guys. And Brian, thank you for calling and uh, look forward to seeing you Wednesday in Auburn. I look forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks again to Brian Passink for joining the Galloway podcast. You can follow him on Twitter as I'm sure you do at Brian Passink broadcaster for the Grimson Tide Sports Network does a wonderful job and I seriously seriously I say follow him on Twitter I highly recommend it I mean great stats great analysis great information insight on the Alabama men's basketball program so check him out there moving on to 
Alabama athletics and what's going around in Tuscaloosa. The spring is truly the busiest time of the year. Yes, the fall is busy with football and there's craziness, but the spring has so many sports going on and there's just a constant stream of information to disperse and athletic events going on. And so let's take a let's take a quick look at what's going on around Tuscaloosa. Alabama softball is one and three after competing at the Joanne Graff Classic last weekend in Tallahassee. The Crimson Tide faced Florida State in North Carolina. Some questionable calls and unfortunate endings for the Crimson Tide uh, led to a one and three start to open its season. But they are back in action this weekend, playing five games, headed back to Florida. This time they're playing in Clearwater. They're going to face Liberty, Washington, USF, UCLA, and Oklahoma State Thursday through Saturday playing five games staying on the diamond but coming back here to Tuscaloosa the season opener for Alabama baseball is this weekend February 14th 15th and 16th at Sewell Thomas Stadium versus Northeastern the Crimson Tide baseball team will have two midweek games next week versus Troy on Tuesday at 3 p.m. followed by a Wednesday matchup at the Joe at 2 p.m. versus Alabama State Next weekend for Alabama baseball, the weekend of the 21st through the 23rd, the Crimson Tide is headed to Vegas. They'll take on UNLV in a weekend series over in Vegas, baby. Let's kick it back to the hardwood Alabama women's basketball. 14-10 and 10 overall right now, 4-7 and seven in conference play, but they got a sweep over Auburn after a 68-64 win on Sunday at home in the Power of Pink game. The Alabama women's basketball team 2-0 versus the Auburn Tigers this season. Alabama men's basketball hoping to do that Wednesday on the road down on the plains. Next game for Alabama women's basketball is Sunday, February 16th in Athens versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Also in Coleman Coliseum, where the Alabama gymnastics team competes, they're two and two overall. The conference record stands at two and one. This Friday, February fourteenth, they will be home versus Arkansas. The five forty-five meet is inside Coleman Coliseum, and it'll be alumni night. For a full slate of Alabama athletics news and events, check out RollTide.com. There's men's and women's tennis going on, men's and women's golf, track, rowing, swimming, and diving. You name it, it's happening here in Tuscaloosa within Alabama athletics. Wrapping up the podcast here, want to... Remind everybody that podcast merchandise is available. Going to place a new order here soon. Just sold out of gray hats today. Gray Nike podcast hats with the logo on the front. Have a couple more white hats left. I've got koozies for sale. If you have any ideas for other merchandise, maybe some more pullovers or t-shirts or something like that, let me know. Tweet me at WM underscore Galloway. Let me know. I want to hear any suggestions or ideas you have of any Galloway podcast merchandise you would like to purchase. I uh, want to remind everyone to check out the manager game story that I did on the Alabama men's basketball managers. A really cool thing they've got going on with their manager games. They play the night before. I won't spoil the story for you, but you can find that on my Twitter page as well. Closing out the show, I want to give a birthday shout-out to none other than Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, and Deontay Hollywood Thompson. They all have a birthday today, so happy birthday to three excellent former Alabama football players. This is the Galloway Podcast, episode 35 where today we discussed everything from XFL to the NBA trade deadline to college hoops, talking Alabama basketball with Brian Passink. 
going around the world of Alabama athletics and everything that's happening here in Tuscaloosa. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Galloway Podcast. Greatly appreciate you and your listening. Please share it with your friends if you enjoy. Follow me on social media on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Let me know any feedback you have on the podcast. Remember, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.